Greetings, boils and ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we dig up the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Mary Johnston, and with me is my non-conjoined, non-twin brother, Thomas Johnston. How are you? The doy dot the desk at all. Say hi, Buster. Hi, <laughs> Duster. I like that you are immediately diving into the Doug connection with this episode. That we I was like, today. not, not, I wasn't going to set it up at all. I should have been like, here's my, here's my ventriloquist, my completely uncreepy ventriloquist dummy, Buster. <laughs> I'm not sure ventriloquism is really an audio medium. <laughs> it is actually it's much easier it's, it's much so easier if easy. people cannot see you anybody can be a ventriloquist <laughs> if it's, that would on, be awesome. if it's a- on if it's on the computer radio of podcasts right no but there's that who's that um there is a famous stand-up comedian who like makes mondo bucks in like vegas who's a, the guy with the that dead terrorist uh, ventriloquist dummy. He, he sounds like a real winner, I know. Do you know what I'm talking about? His, He's his super famous. His last name is like Durham or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Dunham, maybe? Anyway, wouldn't it be hilarious if he had like a 250-episode-strong podcast, which is him doing his act? It's like, well, oh, I was like, he's a comedian, but do... it's just him doing funny voices. And I you're suppose like... if you could do different voices, that's not totally crazy, but like, just like you being like, and now this is my character, my other character talking, and you're just like yeah. you with a high you just have to take it on faith that his lips are not moving when he's doing the other one here's the thing my lips are not moving i'm he looks in a mirror when he podcasts to keep himself honest if you want to if you want to check you can check in on the live stream just to make sure my lips aren't moving oh man oh man hit me up on the patreon patreon subscribers get access to the video where you see that my lips aren't moving so agree or disagree? You, we were not goosebump kids. Uh, oh, I, I hard agree. I think that at first I feel like it was our mom was like, those books are trash. And then mom was like, those books are scary. <laughs> and then and then I vividly recall one of my childhood. She's friends. right about one of those things. Yeah. yeah. Then my childhood. Friend, then I think she kind of and this is to her credit sort of discovered and this is part of the like Nick at night where like Alfred Hitchcock presents looms very large in my childhood. But she was like, some of these are like Alfred Hitchcock. There's like a, there's like a twist and it's not all that all it's, it is not all that it seems. And then we borrowed and read some of the books. I, I feel like this. our mother was always very good about being like, I'm not going to assume something is trash. I'm going to prove it to myself. Yeah. So I, I felt like we would, we would occasionally, but she would just always be there in the peanut gallery being like, Look at this sentence. It's a run on. Like, oh, yeah. No, I just mean that like, yes, but th- this isn't this isn't very fun. I feel like when most people wax nostalgic, they're like, you know, at my house, we weren't allowed to, you know, we weren't allowed to watch Space Ghost because it had ghost. And my super religious mom didn't didn't truck with that devil worship, you know, don't don't you wish more than anything instead of in it being world, like my mom was kind of reasonable. <laughs> that's and, true. And, uh, don't you I'm going to I'm going to make a very unreasonable request that I want more than anything at this exact moment. Yeah. I want there to be a podcast called Space Ghost Coast to Coast. And it's exactly like like um, yeah. like uh, yeah, like, a, the, like the Adult Swim show. Well, so Space Ghost. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's doing the the coast to coast FM bit. Mm-hmm. So it's just space ghosts talking to other people who believe in aliens and other crazy Oh, shit. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. I see, yeah. Is it just like space? What like the Space Ghost Coast to Coast uh, TV show from our it Was it called Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Yeah, I think so. I might be wrong, but I think so, yeah. Oh, well, that makes my, that makes my thing, that makes my thing less cool. Maybe it'd be Space Ghost Coast to Coast AM. That would fix it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, but I just like the idea of Space Ghost, a literal yeah. superhero alien who has yeah. a giant praying mantis, like speaking, speaking about people's speculations about the demons that live in their house. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, be good. But no, I, I know I, ga- I gave it all away because, you know, when I this episode is, of course, spoilers about ventriloquists and ventriloquism, hence the Goosebumps connection. But also they pressed on the title. They know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, couldn't this? This should be named like an episode of Friends where they're like, the episode with Don Rick, the one with Don Rickles. The one where Thomas and Mary talk about an episode of Doug that only they remember. <laughs> I remember I it so do much. I remember it so well, though. Yeah, it was great. The one I remember it so well. Here's the thing the thing you remember is the doy dot, the dasket doll. <laughs> yeah. 
Does yeah. that is that does I that work? Forgot, is that I, real ventriloquism? Does a D I, like move your lips less than a B? I mean, I guess it's not a. B, I think b, I think that d- potentially d- potentially Doug is uh, is is getting um, is is getting run around a bit by that. Book. It's getting some some bad advice. Yeah, I, I suspect so. <laughs> I suspect so. I mean, he's not he's not the smartest guy that's ever lived. Yeah. Maybe we should start this episode uh, with a little send up to Doy Dodd's Ask a Doll. <laughs> we already did it. <laughs> I know we didn't. My question is why is Doug so angry at Porkchop for revealing the title of the episode? I don't know. Yeah. He should he should really calm Doug, down about that. Doug is a little bit like <laughs> a little bit of a penis. <laughs> He's got a stick somewhere. He's a little bit constipated. Like a little bit just Doug Doug needs to take himself and the world around him way less seriously. <laughs> but but somehow that rings very true to being like 11 years old. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's an eleven-year-old boy who puts on a sweater vest every day. <laughs> Dear journal, and then when it got taken over by Disney, Dear Diary. Ugh. <sighs> Ugh. Don't speak to me of those 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 dark years. Yeah, so, you know what I would like you to speak to me about? <laughs> yes, this episode. Although I'm going first because I'm giving you the plot synopsis. <laughs> you know what I would like to speak to you about. <laughs> Speak what this it. episode Speak. is what this episode is about. So this episode is about um, Billy, who's an amateur ventriloquist, um, which is kind of like, I guess, learning the trumpet, like to live with an amateur ventriloquist <laughs> is really bad for a really long time. Um, and he was in. So Billy is is pursuing this because he was inspired uh from an early age by a master voice thrower, Mr. Ingalls. Billy is about to launch his career at an open mic night. Also, that's a dark, that's a dark sentence. Um, And he looks up Mr. Ingalls for some words of encouragement before he hits the boards. However, Mr. Ingalls is not what he seems. And Billy is about to find out why people say they'd give their right hand for a chance at fame. (laughs) (laughs) So this one is uh, a two-peat for director Richard Donner. Um, he also did Dig That Cat, which I thought was kind of unusual. I don't think that this looks a whole lot like Dig That Cat. Um, I don't know. I mean, well, Dig That Cat. He's like, one goes all to side weird shows haunted circuses, well, to right? Be, to, be, to be fair, though, actually, though, I, I, I would I would quibble with that since this is this seems to be pretty implicitly set like at, a, at some sort of like cat skills campground or something. And definitely like this is by the time that Billy is doing his his uh, ventriloquist stuff like it's very down at the heels like people are not like ventriloquist amazing rising to their feet they do love that woman who sings camp town races yes yeah well <clears throat> for re- yes for reasons that we can't say because we're a family podcast because of her anatomy yeah exactly but richard donner he of lady hawk lady hawk superman lethal weapon the toy basically Goonies. only sexy movies is what you're telling me. Goonies. I stopped. Sex, I stopped listening after Lady Hawk. Child movie. <laughs> the Lady toy. Hawk, the toy. That, that, that timeless. <laughs> I will admit that I didn't. I did not understand that you said the toy and thought you just said toys. And I was like, this guy is a lunatic. Yeah. No. 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 He's no. 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 Mary. Place. He's the perfectly reasonable man who made. Who made. I think that this is like honestly, to be fair with, to be true to you, I think that this is one of the more like. Straight, straight up and down. Like you could take this story and drop it into like any anthology series, and it would work. I agree. I agree. I feel like this. Um, probably it's because of the way the little stop motion evil twin hand moves later on. Spoilers is that th- this feels to me a lot like you ever seen any of the full moon entertainment movies? They're the people who do like Doll Man and all the Puppet Master movies. Oh yeah, Maybe I love I love Puppet Master. Yeah, yeah. Or or Evil Bong. <laughs> evil, <laughs> not seen evil Bong. Bong. Yeah, they have a couple of evil bong. It's about an, a bong, and it's evil. Oh, well, but but anyway, this kind of feels like that vintage of horror, like in a, in a in an enjoyable way, in a way where where uh, you're like, yeah, for sure, that little that 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 weird little rubber hand is 
is a threat. I'll please, I'll buy it. Um, anyway, this was um, written by Frank Darabont. Um, he um, did some writing on Nightmare of Elm Street 3, um, which his IMDb pages at pains to point out is what is, is considered by some to be the best uh, in the franchise. Um, <laughs> he, he did some uh, TFTC um, also worked extensively on the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which I oh. think is, that's something we can talk about in an intro for a different episode. Um, he did some work on Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, and also the mist. So oh, I uh, like the mist. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It's, it is my favorite of the, uh, of the, um, not true to the book, Stephen King adaptations. There you go. I mean, as opposed to all those, like, the, well, as opposed to the slavishly accurate ones, all those mini series, because that's what it has to be. <laughs> Don't even yeah. pretend like uh, Maximum Overdrive is not your favorite Stephen King movie. Oh, that might be. No, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Maximum Overdrive. I, I mean, like, do you really want to get into the Maximum Overdrive? Is is fun. But it, it kind of starts to sag after a while. Like it needs it. It's yeah. Once the once the diner waitress um, dies, yeah, bites it. You're just kind of yeah. Like it 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 could it could probably be like edited down to a completely context free like uh, thirty minutes super know what? cut. You're right. As opposed to every every delicious morsel that is Dreamcatcher. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Chun. <laughs> oh man. And then <laughs> running around. So, so, so get your bingo cards ready, creepers, creepies, because this one's really, it's really a two hander as it were. Well, is it a three hand hander. though? It's three hander. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a one, it's a one hander, but the other hand is a, is a monster. Yeah. Um, so the cast is, it's actually full of people who I feel like I am aware of as being famous people and comedians sort of like by, um, by way of cultural osmosis. But you're also kind of like, what's what was this guy in? Because Don Rickles is, of course, Mr. Ingalls and, you know, Mr. Warmth, famous insult comic. He's been in a lot of movies, mostly as himself or has a lot of film credits, but mostly as himself. So it's kind of like the episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where Don Rickles was on it or whatever. Um, but he apparently in the in the bad old days was a fixture of the Dean Martin celebrity roast. Oh. Um, and uh, what's funny is um he was uh, he everything about him, everything I've read about him talks about how he was like actually sort of an amazing and fun guy, despite his sort of prickly exterior. But like whenever you see any film footage of him, you're like, this guy's a real ass. Well, he doesn't seem very good. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, Billy he Goldman. He's a face like a slapped ass. I think. We yeah, definitely. Agree. Definitely. Definitely. He kind of looks like um, the bad guy from Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Just kind of kind of round, round, bald. Yeah. Um, and then Bobcat Goldthwait is Billy Goldman, um, of course, famous for Police Academy 2, which surprisingly I have not seen. Um, but I feel like Bobcat Goldthwait is another one of those people who, even if you even if you don't actually know who he is, everybody's sort of aware of the voice and the persona yeah, sort of strangely. Like, he looks like Meatloaf's nerdy brother. He looks exactly the way his voice sounds. <laughs> yes. But did you know that Bobcat Goldthwait was both childhood friends of Tom Kenny who is, of course, of Mr. Show and the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. And they, as high schoolers, had a, like, comic duo that was called Bobcat and Tomcat. Love it. He also um, was apparently, like, personal friends with Kurt Cobain and opened for Nirvana on their final tour. He did, like, I don't know, did, like, a Hot 15 or something, like, before Nirvana showed up. That's pretty great. That feels, very, like, that feels that feels very nineties. It <laughs> like does. little little alt comedy to go with your grunge. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and now Janine Garofalo is gonna open for hole is like yeah. the most nineties thing I can think of. <laughs> uh, especially if she's doing the thing where she like has her notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She comes out with her legal pad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so don't forget my jokes. No, um anyway, um he has sort of um apparently in uh, more recent years kind of reinvented himself as a like director and producer. He did a lot of apparently good work on Jimmy Kimmel Live um, and like took the show in a, you know, like a, in a good direction. Um, he also directed some bits of the Chappelle show. Um, he's worked on Marin and of course that great and important cornerstone of uh, American democracy, the man show. Um, something else we could probably talk about in the intro uh, uh, at a different time oh the man show yeah mm, mm-hmm. mm. more mm-hmm. stuff mo- mm. keeping with the stuff you watch that your parents aren't supposed to know you're watching the mm. man show 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, so the, um, those are pretty much the uh, the people in this ep- in this episode. Um, there is actually some fun um, uh, cameos here as well. Um, the director um, Richard Donner has a co- has a cameo in the uh, when uh, you may recall when uh, Don Rickles um, goes to see Billy perform and then uh, is is getting a drink at the bar. There's a man sitting next to him talking to a woman, mm-hmm. and that man is Richard Donner. And the woman who's talking next to him, who's talking to him is Mindy Rickles, who is Don Rickles' daughter, who's also kind of a TV actress. Well, I think it's good that they didn't have uh, Mindy Rickles. Uh, yeah, Mindy Rickles is dad. not the hooker who tries to come under her father. No. Please, sex worker. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So uh, what do we what do we make of this piece? What, what are we what are, what are they trying to teach us to uh, Goosebumps style? I think oh, it is weird. Isn't that Goosebumps? They all. I guess Goosebumps had strong moralism, but it was because it was for children. I don't really think every book, every book had like a twist, but not necessarily a lesson. Never mind. Um, I mean, the moral of this episode, I think, is make a deal with the devil. You're going to lose your hand. (laughs) The devil is all about the hands. (laughs) The devil's all about reappropriating body parts for their own body. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got that as, I got that too. Uh, mine was deals with murderers don't always pan out. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a little psychotic hand twin and you're going to use him as a, it's a very specific moral. Yeah. Um, but I thought that there were other things there too. Um, I feel like there's somewhat, there's some stuff about talent here and I think it's more like talent isn't the whole story like you have to dig in like sure uh mr ingles was like top of his game but like what a terrible life to live like there's Mm -hmm. like a there's like kind of um a a secret darkness and sadness that Mm -hmm. feeds into it and i think there's also maybe maybe even something here where those who seek fame but don't take the time to hone their talent like skip skip over that yeah. are are going to get it on the jaw a little bit. Um, yeah. Which which I think is like a more specific version of don't make deals with the devil. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, and it's certainly a thing that I think um, people who have sort of made it in showbiz and are maybe getting to kind of uh, slum it and make a Tales for the Crypt episode like uh, see um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's episode earlier this season. You know, this idea, you know, right, where everybody wants to feel like... <laughs> Speaking of Adam Carolla, everyone wants to feel like they've earned what they've got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think that this 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 could be it's I, I feel like writers and comedians and, you know, we have a lot of movies about movies and that sort of thing. Um, so I think that um, this this probably could be seen as a, uh, a meditation on sort of showbiz and uh, comedy and life. That, that, that sort of life and, and the toxic ways it affects people. Um, I think that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, 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 let's let you, you want, you want, let, let, let's, let's pick that scab a little bit more. Let's, uh, let's dig into that a little bit. So um, when I was thinking about this story, so uh, about fame and talent and, and deals with the devil, um, it reminded me of course of like other media <laughs> about this. Um, the most famous, of course, being um, Dr. Faust mm-hmm. is like sure. the most famous. Um, yeah, literally uh, the deal with the devil. Deal with the devil. Did you know he was a real guy? I did not know that. I, I've read Faust and stuff, but I didn't I didn't know that. He's he was kind a real guy. of like a folk legend like Davy Crockett. Like he oh, was a real guy, but like there's a stuff about him that is not. <laughs> Wait, he didn't literally sell his soul to the devil <laughs> and chase after the get... Blicker? <laughs> no, apparently not. But um, but stay, like, yeah. stay. <laughs> yeah. So he's got he's kind of like uh, he's kind of has that that Davy Crockett thing going on <laughs> where there's like a lot of stories about Faust, him. Davy Crockett. I mean, it's the same. It's the same. Daniel I, Boone. A German, a German person would agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. You no, know, right, OK, from Faust. From Faust, right? So Faust is is all about basically a guy who is unsatisfied with the limited amount of um, power he can have, even though he's very he's like wildly intelligent. So he's like, mm-hmm. I've mastered everything. And my favorite thing is that he's like, I can be a medical doctor, but what good is that if I can't raise the dead? 
And that's like the impetus, at least for like Christopher Marlowe's version of this, is the yeah. impetus to, to start wheeling and dealing with uh, Metastopheles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Faust also kind of, again, the whole idea of the moment that like the limitation of human experience and then maybe sort of a hubristic, like almost like... Uh, Ah, I want to say sensational, but that's not really it. Like, like focused on the senses and experience that like, I want, I want to. Sensory, I, I want, maybe. I want, maybe, or like, I want, I want to eat, taste, see, experience everything. I want to know, ev- I want it all. And uh, human life is too limited. You know, it's ba- basically, he's like the guy who can't ever catch up on his Netflix series. <laughs> There's not enough time. <laughs> like the most potent form of FOMO. Right, 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 right do it all but then also funny right because in with his deal he uh or at least in goethe's uh, version with his deal the point is that like he he wants to experience everything and he thinks he'll be sufficiently jaded that nothing will be all that great (laughs) yes that feels very modern (laughs) (laughs) i want to watch all of netflix even though it's all going to be kind of shit like i'm going to watch all of this series even though i already know i'm not going to enjoy it that much. right right (laughs) this exists only for me to make hot takes on twitter um, but I, I, I liked this twist on it because it dealt more with um, with like the horrible the horrible things you'll do for fame, uh, the horrible deals you'll make for fame. Um, and it dealt with it in kind of a kind of a fun, silly way, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I, I, feel, yeah, I feel like it did. And also that was sort of like a like a like a last 10 minute sort of twist, too, because what it really comes like, I think you're you're set up with Don Rickles and his evil psychic hand twin. <laughs> To be like, oh, what a terror, what a terror, what, you know, this is his curse. This is his downfall. This has ruined his life. Um, and then Billy finally kind of wins. And the thing's like, let's make a deal. And Billy's like, yeah, I want to be a famous fan. I, I want to be a famous fan because even though I'm terrible at it. Yeah. It's sort it's, of, you know, you know, totally is like, like, no, what, you know, you, you know, you know, he's going to, it's not going to end well. It's, it's a terrible deal. We also have like, I think, especially uh, Americans, I can't speak for for other cultures, but I feel like we have this idea that everybody knows it's terrible to be famous, but everyone would like to be famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like everybody, everybody, at least like Instagram famous. Yeah, everybody knows it's terrible (laughs) to be famous, but everyone would everyone would really like their Instagram to blow up enough so that like honey bear uh, hair vitamins would Mm -hmm. hair gummies would come to them and ask you to shill for them. Yeah. Like that level of fame at the very <laughs> least. Oh man. I just want, I just want like the creepies to be like beefing with the low gang. <laughs> um, but there is, it also reminded me of the twilight zone reboot, uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Peele's, uh, yeah. latest project. And how it deals with um, it has an episode that's strikingly yeah, yeah, similar yeah. to this. Um, I think, yeah, it's sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it called? It's called just the comedian. The comedian, right, with Kumail Nanjiani on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, uh, what's his name? Um, Tr- uh, Tracy Morgan. Yeah, don't call him Tracy Jordan. <laughs> don't do it. Think don't about do it. it. Don't, <laughs> don't overthink it, though. Don't, don't show that. Don't show that you watch a lot of Thirty Rock. Just. Yeah, Tracy Morgan. Um, yeah, where you've got like this stand-up comedian who basically has to like implode himself as a person on stage uh, Although, to deliver. Yes. Okay, but okay, but if if you if we can tackle this a little bit, but I think that, um, like I, I you know, the the thesis of that episode is something along the lines of like, you know, to succeed in in your craft, you have to you have to your comedy has to be true and be about you. And when you do that, you put it out into the world and it stops being yours, um, which which is, is sort of OK. But also, I think, speaks to like very specifically where we are as a culture with comedians. Um, like, isn't that sort of like, I mean, it's not Louis C.K.'s problem, but isn't that kind of like Louis C.K. <laughs> in that? Right. He's he's on stage making jokes about being a, a, a sort of perverted masturbation fiend. Um, and then it turns out that all of that was real. And and, and and suddenly that is actually very bad. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that and, and I think Louis 
part, uh, Louis is sort of an example of this in that we, we seem to have decided about 10 years ago that like comedians, and I think the daily show maybe ties into this too, where like comedians are philosophers who can like speak truth and know things and, uh, you know, address the problems in our society and like be on NPR and have self-indulgent prestige TV series that are, uh, that, you know, that may or may not actually be funny. <laughs> um, and I think that that's I think that's a very modern or that, are that, that's very specific you don't enjoy, to where we are. Uh, comedians driving in cars. No, 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 exactly. No. And that I think that um, I think that's very specific because I don't think that I, I would I would be interested. And right. Even though we like talk on our podcast, I, I do not because I am not a comedian. So I'm I'm only appreciating this from the outside as like a, a fan or something or just somebody who's paying attention to culture. But would um you know, would Don Rickles agree with this? Or is that how Don is Don when Don Rickles gets on stage, is he putting pieces of himself out there? And, you, you know, I mean, like, is it like I'm turning the hatred of the world back on the world and I'm selling? I mean, because like I, I read some quotes from Don Rickles and he says stuff like if I were to insult people and mean it, that wouldn't be funny. And you're like, oh, right. It's 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 shtick. It's fake. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. You know, he's not like we, we like we have this idea where it's like, I'm a comedian because I'm really fucked up. Like and that's 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 a these are these are the guys in the leather jackets who are like keep it who are like whining about how the shtick that killed in the 90s is no longer relevant because everybody's a snowflake and get those broads off the stage. You mean Jerry what? Seinfeld and uh, Bill right. Murray? Uh, yeah. Do you, I mean, what don't you agree? Like, yeah, I, 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 I just feel like I feel like this is like we're talking we're. Um, a lot of the stuff is pretending that like a universal truth is something that was a style that that maybe isn't even especially relevant anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that there is something where um, people want people want comedians, especially now to have like the re- the reason we expect, I think, more of them. Like, I don't I don't actually care what. Uh, what act? What most actors that I enjoy their acting, sure. right? Really think about the world in general. Like basically, I look up and I'm like, "Are you a horrible Republican? No, Phew. foof. Okay, good. Like move on with my life. You know, have right. like but a. You're, but you're still gonna watch Frasier. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, sure, but like no, no, I don't no, no. But I, mean, I, get what I you're don't saying. need David like, Hyde yeah. Pierce to like come out and be like, now the thing, the thing about humanity is like that's not something mm-hmm. I expect him to do, nor sure, do I really sure. even want him to do. If he's mm-hmm. good at it, that's like kind of a bonus. But I'm not, no, I, I I'm not seeking yeah. it. Sure. I think it's that com- to be a good comedian, you have to be like kind of a deeply charismatic person, and you don't necessarily, at least if you're a man have to conform to some of the uh like physical physical demands of stardom traditionally placed on stardom right you can kind of be like a funny looking guy and do comedy it sometimes kind of helps yeah in fact it can only help and and there are examples of kind of like women who would not normally be stars who who fit into this mold as well just less of them i would say yeah. But I think and, that's why we we expect there to be more. We think that they've like kind of dug around in the human psyche and and have arrived at funny truths that that are entertaining to hear. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I think also like in again this is an outsider's perspective, but comedy seems to be um uh about strong personalities and fairly personal. There's the idea is that, you know, you write your in general you write your own material. And you have, you know, your agent who is a person. There are bookers who are people. There are club owners who are people. You have, um, you know, if you're a if you're of a, a certain segment of the comedian, you have a podcast where you perhaps cultivate a sort of peri-social relationship with your friends or with your fans who like listen to it in lieu of hanging out with actual people. And uh, so and I think that 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 may if I can make a big jump, uh, the, the, the why um the poor treatment of female comedians um, is, is sort of an issue is sort of a hot button issue right now. Like, you know, are they, you know, they are, I think somewhat more privileged by the fact that they have a microphone or they have a sort of megaphone to talk about being mistreated, but you know, right. Like if you're, if you, if you're a woman and you're being harassed by your agent or guys won't book you or very specific, fa- specific famous comedians are being sexually inappropriate with you. That feels very, that that's very personal. And you have the tools to kind of bring it out as opposed to if you're, you know, one of the 8% of women who are CEO, there's sort of a, it's sort of, there's sort of just a machine that you're being ground up in. 
So it's harder to to. Um, Are you getting made into an asshole casserole? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean, though. Just to say that, like, um, com- comedy feels very personal because it's based around personalities, and it seems like it's actually kind of a small world um, in which individuals feel like they hold a lot of power. That's true, and I think it's also sort of a world that universally is. Um, it's sort of like it's sort of like constantly you're hanging out with your friend's boyfriend you don't like who keeps saying rude things and being like, "I'm joking." I'm kidding. It's fine. Everything's fine. None of this is real. And you're like, it is real. What the hell, yeah, dude? Yeah. So yeah. I think that there's, there's like a lot of that. Like there's you kind of get the sense that like comedy is really tough. Like mm-hmm. you have to be tough to do comedy. You got to have like sure, a tough sure. skin. And, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. And it, which it I doesn't think help is, that it's like like what? Like what are the axes of comedy in the United States? Like like New York, L.A. and Chicago or something where it's yeah. kind of like the kind of places they're like, you know, if you suck, we're just going to tell you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like it's like built on on incredibly brutal honesty. And <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the deal that you at the Upright Citizens Brigade. You work for free and still somehow we're going to go bankrupt. That's such a wild article. But no, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I I don't really think there's I, I honestly don't have think there's a whole lot to say. Um, I liked Louis C.K. back in the day because I was maybe not as aware as I am now. Um, obviously, he did horrible it was also things. The thing to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, it's the whole thing where we were like, comedians are philosopher kings. And you're like, no, comedians are just dudes. I mean, then that's and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not denigrating what they do, but that's a lot to put on somebody. Right. Like, yeah. like, you know, if you if you write jokes for a living and then and then again, and that's not not I'm not shitting on that, but uh, it's it's a lot for us. You know, again, it's 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 the John Stewart thing where like suddenly we're like, no, the only real way to experience news in the world is through our comedians. <laughs> <laughs> that that's feels bad. That's, not, that's, that's not certainly good. not. That's certainly not a symptom of the fact that we've all partitioned ourselves from anything that would make us feel bad or sad in the world, full of bad and sad things. Definitely right. not. Right. Definitely not any like insulation against opinions that might make us uncomfortable or unhappy. Right, right. But anyway, but you know, right? Like Louis C.K. is not seeking to make any amends, or it's. I mean, he's not even trying. I don't think he's even trying. Um, and uh, now sort of has. In the in, in the words of Indiana Jones, uh, now stands for stands up to be counted with the enemy for everything the Grail stands for, um, and I think has is nicely pivoting into that Adam Carolla like, hey, what about free speech? You know, like women are liars kind of territory, and uh, I mean, you know, fuck them. Yeah. Yes, I was looking at my right at my notes. I wrote that uh, Goldthwait and Rickles make a deal with the devil for quick and easy gimmick. It's a hilarious and gross, low stakes the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. With, I'll be honest with you. I like this better than the prestige. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, because it's not because it doesn't take like two and a half hours, and at the end, it's not so self like every, like you know, yeah, you don't have to have like a furrowed brow the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, all I want to see Hugh Jackman do is be a song and dance man. Yeah, if he's not going to be a song and dance man, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that interested. But. <laughs> So what I think is interesting about this episode, I don't obviously I don't think that Tales from the Crypt is in any way woke <laughs> in any way. Right. right. Um, I, I would say it almost can't be. Yes. That, that, mm. I mean, I, maybe I, I, like I, I, even for it. I mean, just for its for its time and its source material and what it's seeking to do. I suppose. I mean, like, I think that there's there's ways to do to do pulpy stuff in a way that's not sure, sure. That 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 is that is um, potentially a a nod to exploitation without actually being exploitive. But sure, sure, sure. but yeah. definitely that's not what they're doing here. So, yeah. but I do think that's interesting that we have um, you know now we we live in a now we are like in the Me Too era, right? Mm-hmm. And so many of these people are comedians, and we have this 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 narrative this of violence against women in this story. None of the women are comedians, which would be like, right. Absolutely. Wait, would which would be, be like, like, wait, be like are wait. You, I'm sorry. Are you a time? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Where's your crystal ball? Show <laughs> me the you, time machine. Exactly. But, um, but I definitely found that kind of this narrative of this, like sexually frustrated little monster mm-hmm. um, who can't, who can't, who kills women because he can't touch them. Morty couldn't be with woman in the normal way. Yeah. <laughs> my, I would love Don Riggles 
as Mr. Eggles to explain to me exactly what the normal way is. <laughs> He'd be like, penis and vagina sex. I watched su- se- talk sex with Sue Johansson. Um, <laughs> I know what it is. What if, um, what if that? What, what if like? What if like? Mister Ingalls is super. It is in fact super rock. It's like well, first you get enthusiastic consent. Yes, first you get enthusiastic <laughs> consent. Also, penetration, not necessarily sex. Right, have sex a lot of different ways. <laughs> uh, it's I think a what, spectrum. It's a spectrum. <laughs> I think what we're doing is we're creating a very, very uh, a uh, Instagram account with a very limited audience. Wo- yeah. Woke Mister Ingalls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, very, about, very specific audience. How about just like woke Don Rickles? Hey, girl. <laughs> or feminist Don Rickles? Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. I noticed that you look like a pile of garbage, but that doesn't mean you're not okay. <laughs> hey, girl. I'm sorry I said you look like an ugly bag of rotten vegetables, but inside, <laughs> I see that you're a beautiful being. <laughs> My humanity bows to yours. Namaste. Um, <laughs> I know um, I, shouted you, I shouted at you from on stage. But that's just an act. I'm actually a good guy. <laughs> I also liked, um, I felt like this was sort of a layered approach to this, but one of the, so Morty is the little the little creepy hand guy, who I think is, you pointed this out, you think that he's voiced by Don Rickles as well. Yeah, he doesn't, like, I, I, I tried to look it up, he doesn't have a voice credit, so I assume it's Don Rickles doing a voice. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, it could, it could be uh, Kassir just like pinch Yeah, maybe Moonlighting, you know? or, I mean, or Bobcat Goldthwait, right? Because like this whole thing is just people with crazy voices. It's just it's just a lot of people with nutty voices. What you really want play. is you want you want like a spin-off of just this episode that's like the trip. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just them working out, like like arriving at asshole casserole. <laughs> yeah. I'm dying. You're killing me. You're killing me. Um but uh, I liked that. I thought it was really layered and interesting that so he not only does he kill women because he can't have sex with women because he's like right. a weird right. little yeah. hand puppet, which which asked, which led me to believe I was like, what does Don what does uh, what does Don exactly do with Morty when he is um, doing right. the horizontal hello? Like, right. is well, he just well, like just, always wearing an oven mitt? Yeah, you know, but I mean, like, right. Like, OK, so after the fire. He, he, like, has that weird glove, and you're like, oh, he the, must be, like, burned the or oven crippled. Mitt, yeah. Yeah, right. Remember the left hand? He's like, this is good for swatting flies and scratching your ass. It's a very yeah. sweary episode uh, for us. We're swearing a lot. You are swearing a lot. I have only quoted things. Oh, oh, well. That doesn't... <laughs> Classic sibling. I, <laughs> Mom, I wasn't. No, I was just saying what, what he said. I mean, I'm just yeah. quoting Morty here. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> I was quoting Bobcats. Bobcat's a Bobcat said it this first. becomes this because like, becomes like a Cosby show bit. Well, if that's what Bobcat said, my friend Cockroach. Uh, speaking of speaking yep, yep, of yep. rapey comedians, I thought this was a funny old fashioned kind of way to deal with like toxic masculine behavior from inadequacy and dysfunction. Right. Like he can't couldn't be with a woman in the normal way. So he's like literally one of like one of those impotent serial killers. Yeah. And I think that this I mean, this episode, I think, is sort of meditation on like fame and comedy in sort of like an old-fashioned shtick kind of way where like the women are like dames and so um i don't necessarily know that uh they're trying to like say something i mean i think they're saying something about like toxic masculine behavior and you know uh impotence and rage and all that kind of stuff but i don't think they're specifically trying to be like showbiz is dangerous for women (laughs) i think that uh i think this is this is just you know how, I uh, maybe the evilness I, of the hand monster. I maybe disagree with you a little bit there, uh-huh. only because I think that they make a strong connection between not only Morty feeling like he deserves to kill women because um, he, he like he's he's an impotent serial killer, right? Yeah, but also because he he talks about how he he really resents the fact that he is the talent. He's like, I make up all the jokes. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm the reason they come yeah. to see me. This I should have the right. Right, right. Yes. I, you know, my yeah, having my sex brother, with the groupies is for me. Should right. be my brother. My, my brother mine, is mine, right. Yeah, my brother is having sex with ladies that should be mine because yeah, I'm yeah. the funny one here. Yeah. So I felt like that to me was yeah, what maybe, re- yeah. read the most as sort of like a 
when you read when you read horrible things about like you know like what Louis C.K. did or yeah yeah no no I think I think that's you fair. get I think the it's sense fair. that it's like well I'm at a level of talent where basically I am untouchable so I think you're also gonna the, allow me to do this to you yeah yeah I think that part of this though also is that it speaks to like every like when we're breaking up the act right like of course <laughs> it's kind of like Mr. Ingalls is totally on board with like killing women and then like covering it up via fire and he's totally willing to like uh chop up uh um bobcat you know um unzip his guts um but like when he starts ta- attacking the showbiz ego um it, it it like all great creative par- partnerships like totally breaks down like you know i will commit murder for you that's fine you can be my my literally psychotic little little psychic hand brother but if you start you start saying that you're writing all the jokes and I'm not pulling my weight, it's over. We're done. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to chop you off my I'm hand. I'm going to kill you and me. Yeah. I mean, when he when you realize that Marty is can actually just like live apart from apparently uh, Don Rickles' circulatory system, he must have just been like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could have just had a robotic arm this whole time. Man, this 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 uh, this episode has like the best lines in it. Like, uh, I feel like Don Rickles is so good at yelling at people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, as it turns out, Bobcat Goldthwait, also really great at yelling in a little hand. I mean, uh, spoiler alert, I really enjoyed this movie, this, uh, this movie. I really enjoyed this episode, and I think what I liked the most about it, and this is leading into my ambush, what I liked the most about it was... I liked the tone of this episode and thought it was like a bold choice to have yeah. it be this like goofy. Like, yes. like the music is goofy. The to have like to have like this little critter like fly into a meat grinder. Like it is Looney Tunes comedy. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. Yes. Very it's- slapstick. And I wanted to get your take on it and may and see do you think that it made the episode more of more or less effective total as oh. As a as a piece of the Tales from the Crypt universe. Oh, I think it made it way more effective um, because I think that like, you know, I, I think probably what they're, they're stuck with is they're like, OK, here's our budget. Here's our little hand monster. How much are we going to show this monster? How much how much do we how much buy in do we want from the audience? Um, I think it also kind of like makes it feel like with the pratfalls and stuff, it kind of makes it feel a little bit old timey, which 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 fits with the subject matter and kind of the way it's told. I mean, not that like burning women in cars is old timey, but you know, like the ventriloquist and evil hand, I don't know that, that it feels old timey. And I think that the, uh, the kind of cartoony veneer over it, 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 it kind of has that like army of darkness to kind of feel to it. Yeah. It feels like a Sam Raimi. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Evil dead Two or army of darkness. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. No, no, no. It has a, it has a Sam Raimi feel to it. For yeah. Sure. Very, much so, very much so. And, and the thing where you're kind of like, look, look, we know the hand doesn't look great. But if if we're just going to like if we're just going to buy into it 100 percent, you will, too. And it works. You know, it works in a way that like I was thinking about this. If the hand was like if this was like made now or something and the hand was like kind of second rate CG, we just keep talking about how bad it looked. You know what I mean? It, it wouldn't it, it, it loses the charm and also like the buy in. We'd just be like that hand is so distracting how bad that looked. I think it's aged incredibly well. And yeah, actually, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. And because I think it doesn't ask you to be scared of the hand, the the hand actually is way like I think it's pretty well done. I think yeah, it's the, creepy. Yeah, the hand is creepy. Yeah. Yes, very much so. I think it's creepy. Um what did you think of the the stinger on the end? So at the so, end so I thought the so the end I thought was like a rare misstep for the episode. Um yeah. I like when I like that it, you know, that we, we, we sort of transition and Billy comes out dressed like Mr. Ingalls was, was like an Orson Welles tribute ventriloquist. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> for coming all these, from, for from all Las these Vegas. people and like in like the Pocadillo's resort yeah, right. that he's performing for. Right. right. That's having and, and, an open mic night, which just seems cheap. Right. Right. And, and, you know, they do the act and I liked it. That's chilling because, you know, because we, the audience know what's going on there. And then. Morty gets sort of uh, distracted by the woman, and I thought that was okay. I thought unmasking the dummy was unnecessary, and felt weird. Like, what was what, what's supposed to happen next? Also, what the heck happens? What does what does Morty do to Billy's hand? I mean, I think he latches on. Like this, yeah. He like eats it with his 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 stump butt. I don't know that his that, stump that, butt. That, that like felt kind of baffling. 
It did feel baffling. I felt it, it simultaneously made the most sense to me and the least sense to me of anything I'd seen thus far. Because yeah. I felt like it was very much a uh, Twilight Zone, the mask situation where it's like, oh, you think that you can just like take off this little evil demon that you've made a deal with? No, it's now stuck to you. So I kind of liked that. That didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. That like finished sort of the Faustian bargain um, element of it. I didn't like that it happened on stage. I felt like what would have been better is if he like came off stage and it had been like a really good show. And there he's like, he goes to his dressing room and he realizes that, and he, then he's like, I'm changing the bargain. And then it happens then and you could have had like a, mm-hmm. a nice juicy kind of bite sound sure. as he like attaches himself. I think there could have been some um, auditory work to sell it. Yeah. And I think it should have been a private moment of terror. Like, right. because now it kind of ruins it because now you want him to have to like continue to go. Like you should have had right. his no, agent no, yeah. be like, you're booked. You're booked in all 50 states. We're going to be taking him on tour for the next 14 years. Like right. it should have yes. been like that. And then have the guy be like, and be like, well, at least I can like, you know, take this right, off right. at the end of the night. And and he can't. I think that right. would have been better. But yeah, I think I, that's what they were going for. You know, I, th- I, th- I think you're right. I, I my ending is a little bit different. My ending would be something like he, he, he starts like, you know, doing crowd work with the hot woman. And then, you know, like, right, like Billy is getting upset. But then. But but you need, we need to see that Billy is like accepting the bargain and he's like, you know, Morty, save it for afterwards. And then like they go to the dressing room and the woman's there and like, you know, it's Moida. Right. right that, that like, yeah, now Bill, now Billy, that this is Billy is carrying out his part of the bar. And like that, you know, like that's how it is. That, like that. that would have been good, too. Yeah, that would have been good, too. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. They went for like a weird, which is, it's just kind of weird because it like, yeah, sure, it's horrifying for the audience, but we've seen the little hand monster like, like literally beating up. <laughs> so it's flying not, around it's a not, room with a yeah, knife. It's yeah. not scary. It's not scary for us, the viewer. Yeah. No, I thought that the ending made sense. I think the execution wasn't quite right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't quite. Yeah. I mean, all, or really, I mean, he doesn't even have to latch on. All he has to do is destroy Billy's hand, right? Like leave him with a stump. I suppose. I don't know. I didn't. I know I what you mean. Like, it's just stuck, stuck together. Yeah, I got it. I got See, it. Stuck. I think you had you had to have him latch on. I don't know. The story yeah, wouldn't have made as much yeah. sense to yeah. me if he didn't. But I didn't. I thought I thought it was kind of sloppily done. And I think they should have. I think that they shouldn't have shown you what happened. I think that you should have been able to sense what happened through yeah. through sound and um and yeah. like reaction. I like it. Yeah. 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 Your idea. Yeah. It is good. It's like a crunch. And then be like, ah, my hand. I, I, I even we're stuck I, together now forever, pal. Scratching your ass now. I didn't even mind that line. Like it could have uh, still yeah, been there. Hard. It just shouldn't have. <laughs> I was like, uh, they need to uh, workshop that a little bit more. Okay, so so let's talk about great lines in this episode. <laughs> okay, so I liked it when when young Charlie dressed as like an Austin Powers tribute <laughs> child. <laughs> Is getting his um, is getting his um, is getting his uh, photograph signed by the ventriloquist. You know, gee, Mister yeah, Andrews, you're my favorite autograph. ventriloquist, yeah. right? And um, and he's like, I want to be a ventriloquist just like you and I grew up. And his mom goes, nonsense. He wants to be a doctor. Don't <laughs> which is you, like a, Billy? Which is like a super funny, like, like what have you got to prove to this ventriloquist? <laughs> also, why are you being? Why are you nagging this ventriloquist? No, exactly. So like, hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like yeah, it's not. It's not like it's this college application or something. <laughs> it's not like the ventriloquist is going to be. I mean, she. It almost seems like she wanted to be like, right? Like, tell the kid what how what a dirty, sad little life you have. Yeah, right. Like, like, like what a peon. Yeah. Um, I also liked it when the um, when Billy discovers that the that the, the there's the dead woman in the car, and he goes, "It stinks of gas. Nobody smoke." Yeah, I like that part too. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, maybe then he- it was just supposed to add color and be like, "This is the past." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Literally oh. everyone is smoking the whole time. <laughs> and then and when he confronts Don Rickles on home and he goes, that's my morphine. <laughs> and now you've gotten rid of it. And now you have to die because the morphine's the only thing that keeps yeah. me from murdering. Yeah, right. Yeah, man, that was kind of bad. I mean, like the Morty's Morty's or uh, Mr. Ingalls days are numbered. Like that's only one one bottle of morphine left. Like, you know, Morty was going to. And then 
I liked it when Billy um, tries. He does the thing they do in uh, Four Sided Triangle, where he's like, "No, look, Mister, look, Mister Ingalls. He's just made of cloth and wood. He's not alive." <laughs> like you have someone was- who's like obviously delusional and psychotic. Apparently, you know, who's like obviously believing things that can't be true. And you're like, "No, look, I'll show you. See, he's just a puppet." Yeah, as a yeah, I did think it was interesting that these were two, like back to back. I did think it was. Uh, I thought it was actually. I thought it was. I I kind of remembered seeing this episode before, so it wasn't super surprising, but I do th- so it didn't surprise me personally, but I do think the way it's shot and everything, I think you're expecting there to be something bad in the box. And I think that the reveal that he has this little this little I hand twin. I think you're supposed to think that handled really is alive, well. but I don't uh, think like, you're supposed to think that it's like a little masked animal. Right, yeah. Right, right. No, but but you know what I mean? Like when he's opening the box, your 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 attention is yeah. on the box, you're afraid of the box, you're not afraid of his hand. Um which is neat because when he uh talks when he is chatted up by the sex worker in the bar, you see him kind of angrily shake that hand, like, no, no. But but it's done in a way where it's not you know, it's not mm-hmm. obvious that there's a little there's a little person attached to the end of it. Um it's 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 kind of more like, oh no, I must restrain my murderous urges. You know, kind of yeah. thing. Or like, what what will she make of my mangled, burned up stump? <laughs> Could she ever be with a monster like me? Um, I also like I also liked it when Morty says, unzip his guts. Yeah. Every, basically whole, everything every, Morty yeah, says yeah. is pretty great. <laughs> Morty uh, all, basically, all, of the, all of the unhinged stuff Wildcat says to Morty is also great. For example. Brain fucking pie. <laughs> Making an asshole casserole, pal. And you're the main ingredient. (laughs) Ah, it stings and (laughs) hoits. The Morty voice is just fun to do. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, you and I have had a lot of fun discussing this episode. Now it's the rubber meets the road. What do you rate this episode? I give this. I guess this episode was great. Um, This is a this is up there in the in the rarefied air. Um, maybe not, maybe not best ever, but certainly in the elite class, I give this one four Catskills resorts. Nice. I agree. I thought that this was really, really good. Um, I enjoyed it. It's definitely, I think it's like built on the performances, but the little bit of the little bit of splashy and, um, goofy enough to be timeless. Special effects are very, um, yeah. gratifying to watch at the very least. So I gave this four out of five aggressive little male ponytails. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holding hands, club, same seats. <laughs> um, so next up, we're going to be covering an episode that frankly bears a striking resemblance to the nanny theme song. Um, when, with a, when a camp icon is selling makeup door to door and she's more than meets the eye. Thank you, as always, for listening to Crypt Creepers. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or the platform of your choice. If you uh, choose to, subscribing helps us, rating us helps us, and reviewing us helps us, of course, with the algorithm. Be sure to visit OutrageousMechanisms.com slash Crypt-Creepers. Don't forget to also check out our Amazon affiliate link if you think that we deserve a tiny fraction of coin uh, for the work we do here. Um, Till next time. Kids all need special companions. Stiffed animals, maybe an American ghoul doll. Mm. Billy thought he'd made a friend for life, but he wound up with a real handful. Outrageous.